Welcome to the Total Wealth Academy radio show, where wealth includes much more than just money. It includes family, fitness, romance, and all the other parts of a balanced life. Listen and learn how 70% of the millionaires in America made their money using real estate. Now your host, real estate investor and consultant, Steve Davis. Happy Wednesday, everybody. This is Trevor Davis, lead wealth coach up at TWA. I hope everybody is having an excellent week as this very first month of the year is just over halfway done. As always, starting off with a quote by Albert Einstein, which is the measure of intelligence is the ability to change. Don't look at other people through this through the lens of your ego and don't look at somebody else as just more intelligent than you or tougher than you or better than you or richer than you or more fortunate than you because that stuff is you know let's let's be honest is important to a certain extent but it's nowhere near as important at all compared to your ability to change are you going to make differences where you find yourself coming up short or are you going to continue to convince yourself that where you've gotten so far is really where you're going to be forever. Is this really what you want to have for the rest of your life? And if so, that's not something that's a fault per se, but it is something that most people are probably not happy being in permanently. And you're not going to be in any place permanently because change is going to happen to you whether you like it or not. Change is going to happen to you, whether you're on top of this quote by Albert Einstein or not, or you believe in it or not, change is going to happen to you. So the most effective and successful people are the people that manage change themselves. You can't manage all change, but the people that are looking at change as the opportunity rather than a disadvantage are the people that are... and. They end up getting the most advantages. They get the most benefits out of their time here on this planet because you're not going to be here forever. And maybe there's something after, maybe there isn't. Nobody really knows. But we do know that we are here. And if you want to make something different, you are the ultimate responsibility, not the crazy stuff your parents told you growing up, not the abuse you've had in your past, not the abusive relationships, not the divorce, not the financial failures. That's not the stuff that defines you. You define who you are by how you take responsibility for what is right in front of you at this exact moment. Not thinking about what happened five minutes ago, not thinking about what's going to happen five minutes in the future, or 30 seconds in the past, or 30 seconds in the future, or one second in the past, or one second in the future, but what's literally right in front of you right now? How are you going to take responsibility for the present moment that's in front of you? What are you going to do with what is literally all you ever have, which is the now? Yes, we understand the past exists. Yes, we understand the future exists. But everything that we ever have is just a now. Another now, another now, another now, over and over and over again. So we talk about procrastination a lot. I'm not going to go into super detail with it right now, 
But that's one of the biggest reasons why procrastination is so dangerous is because it's the anti-now. It's a pushing off to tomorrow because procrastination comes from Latin pro for crass tomorrow, doing the activity of pushing things off until tomorrow or dwelling on the past is the other side. You have to take responsibility for yourself as you are now and what you're going to do moving forward, regardless of whatever you think it is that you failed on before, whatever you think it is that makes it to where you think that you can't get the success that's out there and whatever success that you consider to be success. Whether you're looking at other people who already have it or maybe you think they have a whole lot more of it or you think they were in more fortunate situations than you, you have to take responsibility for where you're at. You have to take responsibility for your mental health. You have to take responsibility for your financial position. And ultimately, you have to take responsibility for whether or not you feel successful overall. Whatever that specifically means for you, I think that term has gotten kind of out of whack for a lot of people because we focus too much on other people's success and our identification of our own success. The extreme example being, we look at celebrities, you know, A-tier, A-list celebrities, A-list actors, or whoever. We, we consider that to be the ultimate success. And yet, as they talked about in Tony Robbins, and as brutal it is to say, if this is the key to happiness and is the undeniable key to happiness for everybody, how come some of the most famous and successful people of all time have done things that have brought up about their own demise or they have committed suicide? So it's a very, very serious and very brutal point to make, but it has to be made when somebody like Anthony Bourdain does that, somebody I considered massively successful, somebody I thought who had everything he could ever want, someone I looked up to, and greatly, greatly, I just loved what he did. That is not necessarily success. So you have to consider what it is for you specifically means success. Because someone like that, that's successful to most other people around the world. I think we could identify that. But something else was missing. Don't miss out on the actual success that you're looking for. And it's probably extraordinarily simple. It's probably extraordinarily basic that doesn't require the approval of thousands and hundreds or millions of people. It's something that you can get on your own. It's just very, very core and very, very simple to you. So everybody's talking about financial success. You know, that's what we're focusing on here at TWA. But don't lose sight of the fact that what comes from financial success is probably something that you really want. And really, let me take that back, not from it, but greatly assisted by it, enabled by it. Because if one thing you want to do that you consider successful is traveling the world, you know, you need some bucks to do that. Or you consider success to be getting a nice car for your significant other, 
or you think success is paying off college for your kids or making sure y'all have enough money in the bank for your medical bills or you've got someone sick already that you want to take care of now. It's different for everybody, but we also have to be fair and acknowledge that financial stability and independence really does make everything else in life that much easier. But it doesn't necessarily have to be your one and all catch-all definition of success. Once we get back, folks, we will get into our content from day one still of Tony Robbins, still going through literally just the first day. We'll be right back after the break, so stay tuned. If you have money in an IRA, 401k, or other retirement account, you can use it to invest passively in real estate without tax or penalty. Our average rate of return is three times that of the stock market and mutual funds with much less volatility. If you have over $70,000, you can start passive investing today. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That's TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. This is a Wednesday show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis, wealth coach up here at TWA. So let's go ahead and get into our content from the Tony Robbins event. This is my interpretation of this event. And as I continue to emphasize, if you are someone who gives a crap about your life, you need to attend this event. You need to attend an event, I mean, online with this group and just get that energy flowing and get that direction going because this is hands down one of the best events I've ever been to. I think it was absolutely a 10 out of 10 experience from day one, walking across hot coals. We literally did that just after midnight. It was 1214 at night. They got everybody riled up and you literally walk across a good 20 feet of 2000 to 2500 degree Fahrenheit coals, get to the other side, you feel like a gazillion bucks, they hose your feet off, they give you high fives, they give you a hug, they say, congratulations, you're a firewalker now, and that just crystal clear type of experience is such a great illustration of many of the challenges that we deal with on a daily basis, and Really, this is what my coworker, Angelo, really dialed in here. And it's just basically, you start at the starting line, you're absolutely mortified, something, aka you, push yourself to take action nonetheless, to take that step forward, you are on top of the actually burning hot coals, you get to the other side, and everything is literally perfectly fine. And, of course, to do the exception to the rule, immediate knee-jerk reaction, which I've talked about in recent history that I'm going to continue talking about, well, what about all the bad things that happened in my personal experience in the past? You know, those were similar situations. You know... And of course, it was a similar situation where you're nervous, you have reasons to be nervous, and it didn't end up working out for you. 
I mean, what's the reason to be nervous about walking on top of hot coals? Well, if you stand there, you're literally going to get burned, and severely at that. And when it's on the bottom of your feet and you are trying to walk places and try and heal from that, yeah, that's going to suck pretty badly. But whenever we get so afraid of taking different actions and making change that we get stuck and we convince ourselves we should never, ever try something again, or we should never, ever try anything really again, you know, just stay at home, sit on the couch and binge TV shows until you're in the home, and then you binge TV shows at the home, and then you die. You know, that's not the kind of life for me, personally. So, of course, there's going to be times when you fall flat on your face or get your feet burned, but you have to keep putting yourself out there. You have to keep getting yourself in a position to where you can cross these coals without getting hurt. In other words, doing things correctly, wisely, and sometimes just straight up swiftly. Because sometimes doing something quickly, like ripping off the Band-Aid, ends up making things better for you. Or running across the coals at a brisk pace. You really don't want to run because if you trip, you're in big trouble. But fast walk across and get it done. I want to investigate something that we touched on last week, just again really quick, and expand on it. It's that the language you use and the meaning you create is part of the triad that creates emotion. When you take full responsibility for the words that pass through your brain and come out of your mouth, you start to take foundational responsibility for your situation. Because when somebody out there is only complaining, only relegating negativity. You know, is that the person that's empowered? Is that the person that's taking positive action and embracing positive opportunities that come to them? No. This is the type of person that's digging themselves into a hole further and further and further. And a recent situation that I've been in, that I was just in, and... Not to give out personal details here, but a new opportunity comes up. And this is a brand new space, a brand new start for somebody. And all they did after I complimented this space and situation was complain about one small thing that didn't even matter. Made another compliment, another complaint, another compliment, another complaint about the tiniest things. You know, do you know somebody like that that it just seems like no matter what you say or try to talk about in a positive direction, they just immediately bring up that one exception? You know, we talk about the black spot, the ink spot that somebody spilled on a wedding dress, and it could be literally the most beautiful wedding dress in the world, and that's all you're going to notice And that makes sense. You know, as intelligent beings and very sophisticated beings, we have to identify where the dangers are to survive. But that's where that survival brain starts hijacking our present positivity and our present happiness when all we're capable of doing is looking at the negative, looking at the thing that we don't want to be there. So you're going to ignore 
the 99.999% of the wedding dress that's absolutely perfect. Completely ignore all of that. Be completely incapable of complimenting how well it was put together, how nice the design looks, how nice it looks on the bride. And all you can say is, yo, gross, look at that. Look at that ink spot. And again, you got to address the ink spot. But if that's all you can think about, if that's all you can focus on, and that's all you can say every single time with everything, you're going, you're going to continue putting yourself in a negative emotional state. Like if I look at my truck, which I love fixing, I love taking care of, it's something that's become a new hobby and passion of mine. But after working hard on my truck and all I say whenever I show it off to people is, yeah, well, look at that dirt spot right there. Oh, I wish it was cleaner. Or, oh, gosh, I wish I'd done a faster job at doing the brakes. Or, oh, I wish I'd had, had that paint there done a little better. You know, that's so insufferable to deal with. But can some of us admit that we're that person? That we're the one who's only going for the negativity? I mean, really? Are you completely incapable of finding the positivity that's out there? You know, something I've been thinking about recently is that when people get into complete and total depressive negative states, they don't debate the exceptions. They're not going out of their way and saying, well, you know what? At least it was nice and sunny today. You know, they'll completely find every exception with the positive state immediately. But they're not going to do anything like that to get out of a negative state. Because honestly, I think what a lot of this boils down to is that our survival brain creates a naturally depressed state when it's in control. Because a low energy, super cautious, super reserved state of mind probably was something that's allowed us to survive for long periods of time. Because being high energy and high risk, well, sometimes that doesn't really pay out. There's some of those experiences where you get burned. And that makes sense because it's not going to just be all positive experiences. There's a lot of, there's a lot of balance and back and forth with really any point that somebody can make, isn't there? So when we are able to look at the positive in things and readjust our language, we can start understanding positive opportunities. So when I think about something, and I can be a bit of an annoying complainer myself, I get very frustrated if I'm working on something and it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. I think a lot of people can deal with that, especially with technology. But it's like sometimes technology drives me nuts whenever something's been advertised as going to work perfectly smoothly, super intuitive, and then you can't even seem to find the button that you want to do the basic function that you wanted it to do. You know, have you ever been in that position, you know, maybe on your phone or on your computer or in a car? You know, I'm consciously avoiding expressing unnecessary ex exasperation in these situations to be like, 
instead of saying like, oh my God, this is so ridiculous, this is absurd, this is the stupidest piece of junk I've ever dealt with, just being literally saying, let me just figure it out. Let me just take another look. I may not be in the most peaceful state when I say that yet, but that's going to be language that directs my brain into a better direction instead of a frustrated direction that ends up blinding me to how I can actually fix the issue right in front of me. The third question that we were asking, because all this stuff about the triad comes from the second question, what controls and determines the quality of our lives, which is meaning and emotion. And emotion being very important, point made by Tony Robbins, because if you've got the great emotions that you want, it doesn't really matter what's going on in the outside world to you. You could be dirt poor and you could still be happy. I mean, hopefully we can identify that as reality just as much as you can be the richest person in the world and be absolutely miserable or loved by millions and be a A-list celebrity and still be completely unhappy. You know, there's something between these two extremes maybe that equals happiness, but I really think it's not that that type of spectrum simplicity. I think it's something that's completely unique to every individual. That's why I'm making this point about finding exactly what your specific success could be. It could be something simple as just saying, hey, I want to have all the time in the world to hang out with my significant other. You know, how do you do that without having all your bills paid? It's very, very difficult. So with that goal comes a financial independence that allows you to live that type of life at home with as much time as you want. We're at the halfway point, folks. We will be right back. I'm your host, Trevor. Stay tuned after the break. The stock market was never designed to build wealth. It was designed to keep up with inflation. The average rate of return over the last 75 years is about 7%. You'll get that even with the ups and downs. If you want a higher rate of return and less volatility, consider real estate. We make about three times as much as the stock market. Please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. That is TotalWealthAcademy.com for reservations. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to the TWA radio show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. If you want to call in, the phone lines are open, 281-558-5738, or you can send me an email, trevor at totalwealthacademy.com. That's trevor at totalwealthacademy.com. If you want to read The Richest Man in Babylon, I will also be happy to send you a free PDF of that book. It's a one-sitting type of reading. You could get it done in 30 minutes to an hour. All you have to do is just send me an email, trevor at totalwealthacademy.com, and just put in the subject line, book, richest man in Babylon or something, and I will send that to you. So question three, why do we do what we do in general? Well, it's based on needs, of course. Everything we do is based on a need. It could be a survival need, which are things we do have to address. We're not talking about the survival brain. We're talking about actual physical survival You need to eat, you need to drink water, you need to sleep, you need to have shelter. Those are 
the four core survival needs that you have to have no matter what. And then we talk about the primal needs and the spiritual needs. With these really making a whole lot of sense, and especially when it comes to how they may conflict with each other. The first primal need identified is certainty. We want to feel certainty because that creates stability. That creates a guarantee of survival. An all-but-guarantee, I suppose, but as much of a guarantee as we can get. If you know that you can go to the grocery store and get food all the time, you know, that's a lot of certainty. And in case you didn't know, that's not a certainty a lot of people around the world get. Most places, hopefully, but a lot of places, that's not the case. When I say most, I would say hopefully most of the people around the world, but there are a lot of places that suffer from poverty that don't have grocery stores. You just get to hop in your four-door car and drive down the street to and have a plethora of food, an incredible cornucopia of food selection that really boggles the mind whenever you really think about it. I mean, if you looked at a grocery store 50 years ago or 100 years ago or even 20 years ago at this point, I mean, grocery stores have gotten more advanced and better in their distribution systems and how they can get stuff to the market fresh just as much as the producers have as well. But that's something that allows us to have a lot of certainty. Food, we have to have certainty for. But then there's the other need, which is uncertainty and variety. You know, we actually all want change, whether we really know it or not. We all really don't want to be doing the same exact thing the same exact way every single day. We want to have some something different. You know, maybe it's a different cereal in the morning or maybe it's a different route to work or maybe it's a different type of guitar somebody wants to play if you're a guitar player like me or a, a different hobby or a different restaurant, or a different country to visit, different vacation. There's a lot of different things that we want to investigate to create the uncertainty and variety that still has us in control. But those two are contradictions. In other words, we want certainty, but we also want some uncertainty too. My resolution to this is that we want certainty in our survival needs and our emotional needs. And the uncertainty and variety extends off of that as a support that allows us to experience the diversity of life. You know, we create our uncertain life, but we should reach out and branch out with uncertainty and variety to see, well, how are other people living their lives? How are people that come from different parts of the city living their lives. People that may be a different race. People that may be a different color. People of a different national origin. People that are different than you. That's literally one of the biggest things I'm thankful for living in the city of Houston is that we are the most diverse city in the country. 
Seriously, we are more diverse than New York City. And it's really neck and neck. We're like barely more diverse, but that's something I like telling my New York City fiance about because she's from there. I'm from here. We have the edge. Houston for the win. But that's one of the things I'm extremely thankful for is that we get to experience virtually every different type of life out there through talking and engaging with other people from people all over the world. And that's one of the cool things you end up learning is that as you travel, you start to find out how similar people really are in the most important ways. Because we think we're divided by some of the most important things. We are actually extraordinarily similar. You can look at it genetically. You can look at it sociologically. We are very, very, very similar, more so than most people seem to understand. The other four primal needs are significance and then love and connection. So significance seems to be a focus that a lot of people get stuck on, especially when we talk about attaching our definition of success to something comparable to what a celebrity that you like has. You know, we want to be remembered. We want to be remembered for a thousand years or 10,000 years, which is a very, very small period of time once you really look at it. You know, somebody wants to be famous like George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or Napoleon or Jesus or Gandhi or Mother Teresa. I mean, that ends up conflicting with the love and connection because to be connected you have to have some similarities. You have to be able to connect with somebody on things that you both share. So if y'all are similar, you know, you can't stand out in the traditional significant way. When you're similar to other people, how can you stand to be significant in other people's eyes if you're exactly the same? So that's where that conflict starts to arise between these two needs. The way that I resolve this one is that you have to define your significance for yourself too. That has to be really part of your success definition. And I really think that most people's success definition is connected mostly to significance. So when somebody isn't a 25-year-old rap star and now they're 26 and they start feeling down on themselves... Well, maybe the significance wasn't the most important thing to you in the first place. I mean, to just entertain that as a possibility of true emotional um, realization to say that you have significance and you can be emotionally satisfied, sure. But it seems like it's more complicated than that, and that's why we have those issues with some of those celebrities. But I would also say that What you want is what you truly push towards. And I understand that sometimes things don't work out in your favor, and many times they don't work out in the way that you expected, as dangerous as expectations can be to your mental well-being. But when things don't work out, and that's still what you want, you're still going to pursue them. And if that's significance, then you're going to still pursue what you consider to be significance and significant. 
Love and connection, though, I think gets lost in that mix because we have so many broken relationships in this country, so many divorces in this country and around the world that that's getting lost. There's a lot of things getting lost there that people are losing track of or getting out of control with for many, many reasons. So the resolution I have to consider is that the love and connection should come first. The significance as to what you consider that should come second, especially if it's the traditional significance that most people attach it to. Because who would want to be famous but personally loathed by everybody in their life? Like, you're the world's most famous musician, and your wife despises you, your kids despise you, your parents can't stand to be around you, you don't have any friends. You know, that's not something I would consider success. I would personally never trade love and connection for significance. And I'm going to stand by that from this point on because... I really think that the love and connection is where a lot of people get lost and lose track of and end up suffering because of it. And it could be for many reasons, not necessarily just pursuing significance, but if somebody continues to go down that path, they have to be careful because the significance is one of those things, the biggest thing that can impact love and connection to others. I really don't know all the details of this, but with recent news, and I I really don't like discussing celebrity gossip, but if you talk about Tom Brady's situation with his marriage, and it was basically, you know, the situation was you stop playing football or, you know, our relationship is over, and I don't really think that's the long and short of it. I'm sure there's a lot other other things going on, but... This man's significance is playing football. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. I wouldn't tell him to quit football, but I would consider finding significance in something that may be less physically demanding, such as a new coaching career path that would allow the best of both worlds to be had. Maybe that's an oversimplification, but that's a suggestion I would offer. We'll be right back with the final segment of today's radio show. Stay tuned. joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 20 years ago. When is the second best time? Today. And this is truer than ever with the impending recession and the correction that's going on right now. Real estate investors are going to make millions of dollars in the next few years because of the recession. You should take advantage of it as well. To find out how, please attend our free sample class to learn more. Go to TotalWealthAcademy.com. TotalWealthAcademy.com. Just click on the free sample class button. Thank you. We are back with the final segment of today's show with TWA. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. Let me give our very necessary stock market update with our three indices that we use. So these are year to dates, as I did when I started my radio show around the middle of last year. 
These are showing you what has happened since January 1st. And so far this month, there has been an overall gain for all three of the indices. With the Dow Jones at plus 2.3 percent, S&P 500 at plus 4.01 percent, and NASDAQ at 5.64 percent. So when you take the end of year 2022 values and losses, you've got now negative 5.25 in Dow Jones, negative 12.03 with S&P 500, negative 23.59 with NASDAQ from a full year ago. So not just January 1st, 2023 to today, January 18th, 2023, but from January 1st, 2022 to now. So there's a lot of ground to be made up for people that have been in stocks since the end of 2021, going into 2022. And let's just say that they're going to go into an up market somehow, despite every other index and every other sign out there showing that we are transitioning to a down market. You know, this could be a time for those people who think it's buying time to buy because they see, hey, it's going up since January 1st. I could make a nice solid 5.64% on my money in the NASDAQ stocks, which is, of course, a combination of many different stocks. But ultimately, 5.64 is not a whole lot, and it's not really beating inflation as we're hitting it right now. So you have to be very, very cautious with how you're using your stocks and especially how you're going to rely on them if it's going to be your one and only investment. Because we've got a long way down to go during this massive wealth transfer that happened during COVID. As the richest people on the planet built up massive increases in their already existing fortunes, and really everybody else just had to struggle and suffer through the most dangerous and most disruptive pandemic since the Spanish flu after the end of World War I. So, of course, that's always what happens. But I read an article this morning that talked about how in Canada, the billionaires that are, you know, they're identified billionaires that are Canadian citizens, they built up 51% more wealth during the last three years. And that was not matched anywhere closer, anywhere close to by the rest of the folks in Canada. And Canada being a much smaller nation by population than us in the U.S., you get to see those effects really in a more dramatic scale because it's a smaller sample size. So you have to make sure that you're implementing the strategies of the billionaires which is to conserve wealth, which is to invest wealth in things that actually produce returns greater than inflation. Because it's not stocks for the most people. When we talk about that 7, and it's 6 to 7%, by the way. It's not even a strong 7. It really hovers more around 6.5%. Average over the last 100 years with all the ups and downs of the stock market. So that's with the average inflation of 2.3% taken off. So yeah, it's not as significant once you account for current inflation. 
which is another one of those telltale signs of an impending recession. Now, with all that being said, let's get back to the Tony Robbins content for today. The four spiritual needs, two actually, that's actually a typo in the book as a matter of fact, your two spiritual needs are growth and contribution. So growth is a reflection of change. You know, you were a baby and you grew, you became a toddler, you became a preteen, you became a teenager, you became an adult. That was growth, that was change. And I mean, that's the most dramatic change period for a lot of people. And it's pretty crazy to think that we're born into this world and we have to face change immediately. There's a lot of change that goes on when you transition from being a child to an adult. You know, it's crazy enough to be brought into any world and you have to learn how the world works. And at the same time, your whole body is changing, your physiology is transforming, you're going through puberty, you're going through a lot of different things. So there's a lot of challenges that people have to face growing up. But growth is part of the human experience from the get-go. So why in the world would we just try and shut off growth or stop it because we've developed some sort of fear with it? It's not going to happen. I mean, that's like trying to control the weather or trying to jump 100 feet in the air using your own human legs because you think that Earth doesn't have Earth's gravity. You know, it's not going to happen. Growth is a part of life, but it's also one of the things that make us, makes us feel the most fulfilled. Because if you think about the successes that you've had, were those successes simply because you were sitting at home watching TV? Probably not. Was it because you did something that challenged you and took you out of your comfort zone and you practiced and trained for? Most likely. And you know, what is that feeling you get whenever you accomplish something significant? Like if you played sports, for example, what did you feel like whenever you made a touchdown while you were on the football team? What if it was an important game? What, what if it was a playoff game? What if it was a regional championship? What if it was an area championship or a state championship? And you started scoring points. You know, that's a great, great feeling, and there's a reason why that's such a rewarding feeling. It's because our body wants that. Our body wants to experience that from the discipline that it took to get to that point, from the growth it took to get to that point. Contribution is that sixth need. And I feel like true significance comes from our contribution, Again, that significance has gotten hijacked by so many skewed views. But contribution is really what we want to be known for. I mean, if you take someone who's had one of the most dramatic and famous lives of all, talk about Napoleon from France. I mean, it seems like everybody knows who Napoleon is. 
but he did a lot of really messed up things. He was a warrior. He was somebody that was a general and led thousands upon thousands of people to their deaths, which sucked. I wish he hadn't done all that crap because he did a lot of very important things as well. I mean, the Napoleonic Code is the foundation for French law today. And one of my favorite things that he ended up doing was literally, he basically completely destroyed the highway bandit system that was plaguing the entire country. So late 1700s, early 1800s, it was a crapshoot just going between towns in France still. Like literally they had so much highway banditry that you, you didn't even know if you were going to get to your destination safely most of the time literally created the system that allowed them to be policed effectively and get rid of the highway bandit culture. And now you can actually travel from northern France to southern France in this way, that, and the other without getting in trouble every single time. But he should have focused more on contribution instead of the significance aspect. Instead of trying to be like Augustus Caesar of the early 19th century, what would have happened if somebody like that had redirected their energies from warfare into true positive construction of this country, of his adopted country, as it were, because Corsica was purchased by France from Italy way back at the, at the end of the 1700s, so kind of an accidental French citizen. But when we take away that ego significance and focus on how we're here to help and serve other people, that's inadvertently how we achieve the greatest significance, it seems. Try to avoid the need to get famous or significant in terms of other people's perspective and focus on how you're here to help and serve other people. Your family, your friends, your loved ones first and foremost and everybody else will come to. We are done with our radio show today, folks. I will be back next Wednesday. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. Thank you so much for tuning in. Y'all have a great week. You've been listening to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. Please remember that this show is for entertainment purposes only and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investing advice. Always get a professional opinion before making any investment decisions. To find out more about coaching and consulting at Total Wealth Academy, visit TotalWealthAcademy.com and attend one of our free sample classes on real estate investing. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.